Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Borba, and you're listening to The Wind Calm. I have with me Caden Jarvis again. Hello, everybody. Just keeps showing up. I don't know why. <laughs> so today we're going to tell you everything you need to know about fantasy football. The NFL season is almost upon us, and fantasy football is something that many people partake in. So we're going to tell you all the things you need to know, all the things you shouldn't do, and all the people you should look out for to draft or not to draft. So starting off with the fantasy football do's and don'ts. If you've never played fantasy football before, here are a couple guidelines to help you throughout the process and make it easier because if you've never done it before it's something that could quickly get out of hand and you will end up losing especially if you're doing it for money you don't want to lose that money and you don't want to get overwhelmed and you know kind of psych yourself out so exactly so the first do is do your research um that depends on how many people are in your league you got to look out for if you have a eight to ten person league it will be different than a 12-person league. So if you're online looking at mock drafts, make sure you're looking at how many people are in the mock draft that they're doing and how many people are in your league. Because some of the people that they have drafted in like a 12-man league or like a 10-man league, it'll be different. So if you're doing an 8-man league and you have someone that in a 10-man league went in the second round, that person's probably going early third, mid third, late second in your draft. So you don't want to be rushing to draft people when they're not actually that valuable. A prime example, last year in a league that me and Caden did, it was a money league, Ten, uh, no, 12 people. 12 people. 12 people. And this guy picked Alex Collins in the second round. He thought he was a big boom. He was not. That was just a prime example of not knowing your surroundings, I guess. Alex Collins is definitely someone that he could have waited on, but he decided not to. I won't name names. He knows who he is. The sec- the first don't we have is don't auto-draft ever. Right, Caden? Exactly. Auto-drafting is so annoying because it's like you're not even picking the team. It's when the, the app or the computer or whatever picks it for you, and it's just really annoying because they always happen to get the best players, and it's like you're you don't even know what you're doing. It's just a computer. And not only that, it takes up the whole draft clock, too. Oh, that's also annoying. Because, yeah, when it takes up the whole draft clock, you have to sit there for, however, I like to put it for two minutes just so everybody can get some time to think of who they want because sometimes the draft will go super fast and it just gets overwhelming. So when you have, like, a two-minute grace period to just, like, think of what you want to do, it's really helpful. But it's really annoying when someone's auto-drafting and you're just sitting there waiting for them to pick and then they end up taking, like, the top player available because that's what happens when you auto draft it just takes whoever the best available person is the second do is do pay attention to bye weeks Caden could attest to this because in the recent mock drafts that we've done he's definitely gotten some low grades because of this I've had seven people with bye week 12 so when I say pay attention to bye weeks that means you have to have obviously a full roster but your roster needs to consist of players that don't have the same bye week Otherwise, you're going to be have to either sign people off the waiver wire, make some trades, possibly get rid of people. And you don't want to do that because that causes your team to fall apart. You probably won't win. And it's just really important. So if you have a lot of people the same bye week, you need to strategically sign people. Like at the end of the draft, I always draft one person that I really don't care if I get rid of them. So like last year, I took Randall Cobb with my very last pick because I had filled all my roster spots. And then I took Randall Cobb, who he could possibly like produ- produce for me, but he might not. So having Randall Cobb allows for me to be able to be like, oh, I have a bi- someone important like Melvin Gordon. Say Melvin Gordon has a bye week this week. I'm only saying that because he was on my team last year. 
um, and I need someone to replace him who's a running back, and I don't have any running backs available on my bench, or I don't have any running backs that I trust. Having a player like Randall Cobb makes it easier for me to just be like, okay, see you later, Randall. Thanks for your service. I need to sign someone who's actually helpful. And then also, like, say Randall Cobb, you could drop him and pick him back up. If you have to drop one of your best players because he's on, you have three receivers on a bye week, they're not going to be on the waiver wire for long. Somebody's going to snatch him up. Exactly. The second don't we have is don't be that annoying trader and don't be, like, always trying to trade people. There's people in certain leagues that, like, all of a sudden after the after the draft, they're offering trades, they're offering, like, random things. Like, last year I was offered, I believe, Kenyon Drake for Melvin Gordon and I think my top receiver. And I was just, like, really confused. Like, it's okay if you're going to try to make trades. Like, I'm not saying don't try to trade in fantasy football, but, like, at least put some thought behind it. Like, I think that this is where doing your research comes in again. Trust your gut. Don't. I would wait till week five to trade. Trust your gut. Stick with the team that you drafted. Uh, worst, worst things uh, possible is that you're going to end up maybe r- middle of the draft. Yeah. Because the... there's always going to be those guys that draft terribly. Oh, yeah. When, when you're trading, I don't think it's really necessary half the time because if someone's willing to give someone up, they're either not doing anything or it's going to cost you a lot. And so... You'll probably find more success on the waiver wire. Um, you really need to pay attention to that because depending on how your league is, will uh, determine how, if you get the player or not. So sometimes it's just based off of, um, like it just goes into order if it's like the lowest ranked person. So you just got to really pay attention and always make claims fast. Um, if you're doing an auction league, I've never done one personally, but I just know that you can't be spending all your money on one free agent because you only get a certain amount of money throughout the season. So you need to... Make sure that you actually have enough money to, like, safely spend on other players. Another thing with being, with don't be the annoying trader. If somebody offers you a trade, don't leave it pending for three weeks. Let them, make the decision quick. It's, there's nothing more annoying than, and, than put it, put, putting a trade out, hoping that they're going to, they're going to accept it. You think it's a fair trade. You think it's a good deal. It'll benefit both of you and then them just not respond. And another thing when it comes to trading, even if you're not making a trade, pay attention to the trades that are being made because if you see someone taking advantage of another player and, like, making a very unfair trade, like, I saw a trade last year where it was Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, and I want to say DeAndre Hopkins for Mike Evans, and the trade was accepted. And I vetoed that trade because the... That's basically making a super team. So if you don't know what I mean by I veto the trade, in many leagues you have the ability as a league to veto a trade. So if you see a trade that you don't think is fair to like not only that person but to the rest of the league for uh, power balance reasons, like you don't want to be like the NBA and just caught making super teams out here, but you could ha- have the ability to veto a trade. So it's really important to always be paying attention to what's happening within the league. The next do is mark who you are interested in while you're drafting. Like we said before, it's really annoying when people take a long time to draft. And it's not, if you're thinking, like, if you're contemplating between two players, like, that's okay. But, like, if you're just sitting there because you had no idea, like, what to do because you were thinking of taking someone who got picked, like, 10 picks ago, like, you just really need to have a plan. So I like to mark at least 10 to 15 players at a time for who I'm interested in. So that way, when it's my turn, I have plenty of options and I have backups to my backups backup. 
I agree. Uh, there was one time where I was I was younger. I was drafted with my dad. I marked five people, and each of those five people got drafted in a row. So always mark more than at least up to how many picks until your turn. That way you're not struggling last second using all the clock and make the decision that's best for your team. Exactly. You don't want to be you don't want to panic pick. No. If you have a panic pick, you end up taking someone who does nothing productive. And also, another thing when drafting and when you're panicking, make sure you're reading the names cuz on yes. especially on the Yahoo app. I can't speak for the ESPN app, but it only says the first letter of their first name and then last name. So you you won't be paying attention to the C Johnsons you're getting or the you know what I mean? Like yeah. people could have the same like initials or whatever, so just pay attention to who you're drafting. My last don't is basically a shot at Caden just cuz I like to mess with them. <laughs> don't be a homer. Caden does this thing sometimes where he has about 12 Oklahoma people on his team. Okay, I wouldn't say 12, but he's got a lot of Oklahoma people. Uh, six, five or six at the most. But this is just a general rule. Don't be a homer. Like, if you're a Patriots fan, you should not have over, like, four Patriots people on your team. Like, they might possibly be good. You're right. But at the same time, there's a highly possibility that all four of those people are not going to be, like, fantasy football superstars. And then that goes back to our bye week. You're going to have six Patriots who all have the same bye week and they're not going to be able to play. Then you're going to have to drop them. So you can always support your favorite team, but there's really no need to draft your whole favorite team. Be reasonable about it. Be reasonable, exactly. Moving on to our next subject, we are going with people to be aware of and people to stay away from when while drafting. So the, the three people that I have to be aware of specifically going into this draft, just because of contract reasons, I call this a Le'Veon effect, are Melvin Gordon... Michael Thomas, and Ezekiel Elliott. Melvin Gordon was seen last year on one of the NFL shows saying that he supported Le'Veon Bell for holding out, and he would do the exact same thing when his time come or time came, and his time has come. He's doing it. And he's going to do it. I don't know if he'll hold out the whole season. I don't really know how Melvin Gordon thinks, and I haven't really heard anything yet. But last year, I will admit, I took Le'Veon Bell with the second pick because my draft was about three months before this season and I just figured hey they'll figure it out by then like it's fine like I I took him he didn't play the whole year and my team ended up getting sixth place because I had no other running backs really and injuries depleted it whatever I'm not going to get into that but just pay attention to who you're drafting because if they're going to hold out players nowadays are holding out for seasons yeah do you think Le'Veon Bell like started a trend or is it just because he's one of the best players in the NFL I think well he is one of the best players in the NFL. Definitely definitely a top five running back, but he started a trend. People are going to say, you know what, it worked for him. It can work for me. All three of these people are good enough to hold out, though, and that, and that's the thing because Michael Thomas wants to be paid like the best receiver in the NFL, and I do think the Saints are going to pay him. I think they just have to agree on a number. I don't think the Chargers will pay him Melvin what he wants. Yeah, Melvin, I think, will be holding out. So this is just our personal opinion. Don't come back to us if you get mad, if you if he for some reason decides to play. But I'm not taking Melvin in the first round. No. I don't I wouldn't take him in the second round. You don't want to waste a draft pick on somebody who's not going to play. Exactly. I I could attest to that. I really did that and it was honestly really demoralizing. Um Ezekiel Elliott uh has not participated in any team conditioning and he did not even travel to training camp with the team in California. So that's another person that I think will possibly be holding out. And the Cowboys have a really interesting dilemma because they have their young offensive core all 
vying for contracts right now. They have Dak Prescott, um, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper. So who do you think gets paid? Dak. Dak, I think, I well, I personally don't think Dak is their franchise quarterback of the future. But I guess Jason Garrett thinks so. So they're going to stick with him. So you got Dak getting paid. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is also someone that constantly gets an off or constantly gets in off-field trouble. Pushing security guards pushing down. Pushing security guards, just anything and everything. Like So you just got to be aware of your player's um, troubled history. So now moving on to people to stay away from because of whether it's injury, we don't think they're going to start, we don't think that they're going to live up to the hype they have. I have Dalvin Cook. He suffered a torn ACL injury, I believe, last or the year no, last year. Last year. Last year. And I drafted him when he was a rookie, and he did really well. And when he came back, he was not the same. So that's just someone to look out for. They have a pretty packed backfield out there in Minnesota. Um, I have Cam Newton as a quarterback to stay away from. He's been constantly getting injured, and I think the Panthers are going to lean on Christian McCaffrey more than they do Cam Newton. I just think that he, ever since they lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos, which that was a great season for him, he was the MVP. I just think that he showed he wasn't a franchise quarterback. Well, he is a franchise quarterback, but I think he showed that he isn't the guy that they can lean on. Like they can't be a pass-heavy team. His best receiver is his running back. He doesn't. He doesn't have strong outside weapons to use. All his weapons are really young. So if if the weapons develop like a Curtis Samuel or a DJ Moore, that's one thing. But that's a lot to ask for a team of young people. So I think they're going to heavily rely on Christian McCaffrey over. Cam Newton. Um, I also have Jameis Winston. Stay away from him. I don't care that they got Bruce Arians as a coach. I don't care that Bruce Arians can be considered a quarterback whisperer. I just think that Jameis Winston's time in the league is up. I think he's a career backup, in my opinion. That might be a hot take that could come back and bite me, depending on how the season goes, but I'm sticking with it. I don't think he, he's going to be in the NFL as a starter anymore after this season, so we'll just have to wait and see. Well, Andy didn't play half the year last year because he got benched for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzmagic happened. Yeah. got to look out for the Fitzmagic. Um, this, this is just a group as a whole. A Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. He can't really throw that well yet, at least from what we've seen in his rookie season in college times he's struggles with inaccuracy and decision making he's michael vick if michael vick only threw with his right arm for those of you who don't know michael vick's a lefty exactly and i did see something today actually that they plan on breaking cam newton's r- rushing record so how many times cam newton rushed the ball and they said it, it might be well over 150 so not only will the baltimore ravens have a quarterback who can't throw to these receivers they might be playing with a backup quarterback eventually if he gets hit a lot because he's not he does not have a big frame either. No, and another Baltimore wide receiver, Hollywood Brown. He's a deep threat, great route runner, game breaking speed. Maybe maybe Lamar Jackson can help him out if Lamar Jackson just overthrows him, he can go get it. Yeah, but I, mean, I wouldn't put my faith into that. And all the mock drafts that I've seen, besides the ones I've done with Caden, uh, Hollywood Brown has gotten drafted to all of them. And even when Caden drafts him, it's like with his very last pick. Like all the Baltimore Ravens receivers are low value, high volume possibilities. So you, they'll probably all go undrafted, like a Marquise Brown. Like you could probably just pick him up on the waiver wire eventually. Wait, wait two weeks to see if he does anything, and then you can pick him up. Moving on to Boomer Bus, which if you don't know what that means, are the people who are either going to be amazing. Or they're going to stink it up and just kill your fantasy team. Up first, I have on Johnson from the Detroit Lions, a running back. 
Um, the Detroit the Detroit Lions are moving away from the air raid os- offense that they had, and they're going to be more of a ground and pound type team. Um, I do think that Carryon Johnson has potential to be one of the best running backs in the league. I had him last year, and he was really helpful for my team before he got hurt. What do you think about Carryon? I don't know much about Carryon, to be oh. honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second boomer bust, Corey Davis. I personally like Corey Davis a lot. I think he's a very talented receiver. I just don't know how I feel about Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball. That's a good point. I do think that with them drafting A.J. Brown, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, it'll help Corey Davis not only not be the main focus of all the defensive backs because they have to pay attention to another player and they have Delaney Walker. So I hope that'll help. I think this is just a prove prove it season for not only Mariota but Corey Davis it's just going to be an interesting season for the Titans they also have Derrick Henry at the running back position who if it gets get tough with the off like the passing game they're just going to feed Derrick Henry which they should yeah but Derrick Henry didn't have that great of a year last year until like the last four games so when they started handing him the ball when they started giving him the ball and letting him run 99 yards so the third person we have is David Johnson this might be a surprise to some people just because David Johnson used to be one of the best players in fantasy football and one of the best players in the league, to be honest. But with the air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury is going to bring in from the college ranks and Kyler Murray, we don't know how many carries he's actually going to get a game. So that could be detrimental to his personal stats, but he is a good pass catching running back. So that could be beneficial for him. And they might also utilize him better than he was before. Yeah, we could see a lot of run RPOs. We could see a lot of read options. Uh, a lot of teams are going to focus on Kyler on those, on those read options trying to get outside. So David Johnson could see a lot of carries. He could see a lot of carries, and I do think that he will have a lot of catches. He's definitely a high-volume player who could catch out of the backfield, and he could even play a wide, like, like a slot wide receiver position if needed. And Arizona's offensive line isn't terrible. No, they're He's not. He's going to have some guys who can block for him. Especially with all the weapons they drafted and signed, like David Johnson might be for the first time in his career the last person that the offense folk or that the defense focuses on. Excuse me, because they have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, they drafted Andy Isabella, who's really fast. They have Kyler Murray, Hakeem Butler, who's a threat. Hakeem Butler. So they have a lot of weapons around Kyler Murray, which could also be a, a boomer bust type player. Yeah, um, I'm looking for a boom. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, the next player we have is Amari Cooper with the Cowboys. Um, the only reason I have him as a boomer bust is based on his quarterback. His quarterback has shown that he could throw really well. His quarterback, Dak Prescott, can throw really well out of the play action, but is not really an air-it-out type of guy. They rely heavily on Zeke, which if Zeke's not there, they might have to rely on Dak Prescott a little more, which is why we have him under the boom category. But at the same time, with Dak's inability to be an elite thrower, that might hinder Amari Cooper's um, statistics. We could see a lot of jet sweeps out of Amari, too. You know, you never know what they're going to do with him. He's a great route runner, so they, they could uh, surprise the defense a lot. Yeah, Jason Garrett's going to have to get creative because he's on the hot seat this year. He did not get re-signed. He's in his last year of his contract, so he might have to pull out all the stops this year just to prove that he's worthy of his job. Up next, we have Amari Cooper. We just did Amari Cooper. Yeah. Up next, we have Le'Veon Bell, who sat out all of last season, which you could be optimistic, you'd be... Glass half full, glass half empty, depending on how you look at things in life. But on the bright side, he did not take any hits last year because he was... He's he's healthy, ready to go. He was not playing last year. Um, That's the reason we have him as a boomer bust. Just because when you sit out a whole year, you should 
probably be fresh the next year, but at the same time, you'll never be in game shape because you're not actually playing. There's a difference between being in shape and being in game shape, and any athlete could attest to that. Just because you're working out and practicing does not... Um, it doesn't equate to the amount of like work you have to put in in the game, and we'll probably see a little fatigue out of him early in the season. But I think he'll he'll be a boom. I think he's someone that you'll be able to pick up in the late first, early second. And also, he does have a young quarterback in Sam Darnold who might need to rely on the the run game a little bit. And I think Adam Gase, being the quarterback whisperer he is, will help Sam Darnold be the best quarterback he could be. So maybe Le'Veon Bell won't have the box sacked on him all the time. So that that could be helpful. And the Jets receivers aren't top tier either, so you know they're going to be looking for the running game. Exactly. Up next, we have Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. See, the thing with Todd is very talented, but injury prone. Injury prone. He, he, has, he has a big knee issue right now. Big knee issue. So I wouldn't, waste, I wouldn't take him in the first round just because of that. But when he's healthy, he's a top running back in the league. I do think that he is going to be one of the best running backs in the league. I don't know if he'll go back to his form of being the best running back in the league. Um, He did get his contract, so he's under contract. But the problem is, as we saw late in the playoffs last year, um, the Rams were relying more on C.J. Anderson than they were on Todd Gurley because he has a knee issue. And he's only, I think, his fourth year into the league, so it's really scary. Or fourth or fifth year. It's really scary for a running back to have knee issues this young into their career, but that's been something that's been bothering him throughout his college and professional career. So I think a boom player that you could look out for that's on Todd Gurley's team that will be his replacement eventually is Daryl Henderson out of uh, Memphis University. He had 22 touchdowns this past season for his last season for Memphis. So if Todd Gurley goes down with an injury, you could definitely get Henderson late in the draft. Or just pick him up off waiver wires. Yeah, he'll probably be a free agent. Um, I don't think a lot of people know about Henderson because he play, didn't play in a Power 5 school. And he played at Memphis, which is considered like a smaller school, not really a football powerhouse in the mainstream eye. But Memphis is definitely a team that produces people. So you got to look out for, for Daryl Henderson. Up next, we have Eric Ebron, who actually led in touchdowns with 13 last year. He is a big target for Andrew Luck, who also has T.Y. Hilton. So I think... If they're focusing on T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron will have the ability to flourish. Um, I have taken him before, and it did not work out well for me, but he was a first-round pick back in the day, and I do think that he has the potential to maybe produce this season like he did last season. Up next, we have Carson Wentz as someone who has been struggling with injury. The Eagles picked him over Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles eventually finished off the deal and won the Super Bowl for them. Carson Wentz is a quarterback that could probably you could probably wait in all quarterbacks in general unless you want a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson. Those are both guys that go really early for some reason and well not some reason. They have good they, within good reason. Within good reason. One of them was the MVP last year. That's a good reason to be drafted early, but a lot of people are taking those two early. I think Carson Wentz is someone that will take a little bit of a hit when it comes to his fantasy rankings just because people are wary of the injuries that he constantly suffers. He's got the Sam Bradford effect. You know, a uh, great quarterback, tremendous talent, uh, plagued with injuries. We never know when his knee is going to be safe. Great is quite the term for Sam Bradford, but continue on. Uh, broke an NFL record last okay, year. Continue on. Uh, yeah, but the he likes to run a lot, and with a guy who gets hurt like that, that's probably not the smartest decision. 
Exactly. So after booms or busts, we now have sleepers that will be available in the late rounds and probably available after the draft, depending on how many people are in your league. If you're in a 12-man league, I did my first 12-man league last year, and it's really difficult once you get to the end because everybody's taken within the first 10 rounds. So those last two rounds are really difficult just because everybody's everybody's taken. So you're yeah. you're just going off sole, projection, sole projections at that point. So we have, like I mentioned before, Daryl Henderson or Darrell Henderson. I don't know if I'm butchering his name. Sorry if I am. But he is a great running back who is only a rookie in this league and I think having the chance to learn behind Todd Gurley will definitely help his career. Um, he might have to replace Todd Gurley sooner than the Rams want or expected. Um, I also have Tevin Coleman from the 49ers as the sleeper. Just because the 49ers are not that deep at running back, they have a lot of people there, but he definitely could be the standout. Um, he's kind of always overshadowed in Atlanta under Deontay um, Freeman. Yeah. Or Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Up next, Caden picked Calvin Ridley. I like Calvin Ridley because we know Julio Jones is a great receiver, so he's going to be taking the DBs and the double coverage over there. But Julio doesn't catch touchdowns that much. Calvin Ridley is going to be the guy they look to in the red zone for deep threats. And especially if you're in a PPR league, he's going to be getting a lot of touches. Exactly. And if you don't know what a PPR league is, sorry if we didn't explain that earlier, you get a point for every time they catch the ball. So say even though he catches the ball for like a loss of like a yard, you, you still, still get a point. You still get a point. So shout out to that. Um, I really like the PPR league system just because it not only equates to higher scoring, but it also um, it puts value into people who aren't really like touchdown catchers or like like a Julian Edelman isn't going to catch a touchdown every game, but he'll he'll rack up five catches. So if he gets five catches and a touchdown, like he he's really helpful for the team. And that goes back to what we said about doing your research. Know what kind of draft what uh, kind of league you're going to do. That way you can draft accordingly. Know the system. Yeah. Know the point system so, because you don't want to be drafting people that are out here just not catching, like... Only catching one touchdown a game. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're that, not getting points, that many points for yardage or for uh, a point per catch. Exactly. The next player we have is Deontay Foreman. This is a Texas guy, which I am not as biased as Caden, but... I do think that Deontay Foreman has the ability to have a great season as he's only battling for time with Lamar Miller. And Lamar Miller should be on the the back end of his career. And I think the Texans kind of want to move on to Deontay Deontay Foreman. He had a great last season at Texas University and he was injured last season. So this could be a make or break league or make or break season for him. And honestly, I'm interested to see how well he does. Um, Up next, I'm sure many of you know the name. If not, you will. Nikhil Harry out of the New England Patriots out of Arizona State. He's someone who is probably one of the best receivers Tom Brady's ever had. I would say he's the best receiver that the Patriots have ever drafted. Yeah. Who who's actually meant to be a receiver? Don't come out my throat for Julian Edelman. He was a quarterback. But Nikhil Harry is a great size target, which he could make up for the loss of Gronk for the Patriots. What do you think about Nikhil? I like I like how uh how big he is, how well he runs his routes. Uh, we're going to see Tom Brady throw to him a lot, you know, but then uh, he's going to be running the deep routes. We're going to have Julian Edelman in the slot. So if they covered uh, Edelman, uh, Nikhil Harry is going to be there. So Tom Brady, I think, is going to look to him a lot more than people think, and you can get him late. 
he'll, he'll probably be undrafted as well. Um, if you're a Patriots hater, this is definitely not a guy that you wanted to see go to the Patriots just because having him will probably extend Tom Brady's career another couple years. Yeah, he's probably one of the top two rookie wide receivers in the class. Exactly. Yeah. So our last sleeper that we have is Aaron Jones. He's a running back for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've been hearing a lot of great things about him out of the Green Bay Packers camp. They said that he's lost some fat and put on some muscle, which has will help his athleticism, help him break tackles, also help with his stamina. He'll be able to take as many carries as he needs this year. And I just think that Aaron Rodgers needs some running back support. He's never really had a dominant running back. They've always heavily relied on him, so it'll be interesting to see how well Aaron Jones does. Uh, I got another sleeper. Okay. Dede, not, not the last one. Dede Westbrook out of Jacksonville. All right. Now, I know he's an Oklahoma guy. Of course he is. He's going to be Jacksonville's number one receiver. Game-breaking speed, great deep threat, great route runner, and he doesn't have Blake Bortles throwing to him anymore. Honestly, the only thing I heard was not having Blake Bortles throw to him. That's the only thing that really matters. I don't know if Nick Foles can prove to be an NFL star. I don't think he'll ever be a star, but he could be a good game manager that could get the ball out to D.D. Westbrook and other receivers. Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Nick Foles. He is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I will give him that. He's just not an elite passer. If you put him, if you told me to pick him, between him and Patrick Mahomes, you're going to pick Patrick Mahomes every time. But Nick Foles will never be on that level, but he can make others around him better. Like D.D. Westbrook, would you rather have a number one receiver with a good quarterback or a team's third receiver with a great quarterback who's not going to get as many looks? Exactly. Especially for value in the late rounds. Just look out. That's a great point. I do think there are a lot of people to look out for. Um, we didn't even get to all the sleepers. There's so many. Um, to think of one off the top of my head right now, I think Josh Jacobs for the Raiders could be a great sleeper pick. Agreed. Um, he, the, all these people that we were saying as sleeper picks, they could also be keeper picks. So if you're, if you're not in a keeper league, this doesn't pertain to you. But if you are, um, a keeper pick is when a designated round, there's a round designated, and whoever you pick in that round, you get to keep for about two to three years, if not longer, depending on your league. Um, Josh Jacobs ha- was highly overshadowed at Alabama by Damian Harris and Najee ha- Harris, but he definitely has the potential to be a great running back. He's replacing Marshawn Lynch, and the Raiders are expecting a lot out of him. Gruden's going to use him a lot, and the right way, too. There are a lot of running backs who you see go to good teams <coughs> with good coaches, but they don't use him right. I think they're going to use Josh Jacobs uh, perfectly, and that fits him well. Yeah, there's a lot of rookies that I think will be sleeper picks, like um, Devin Singletary for the Bills. I don't know if LaShawn McCoy has anything left in the tank. He's kind of just been very subpar lately. Um, he's another boomer bust guy. Yeah, he is, just because he at one time he was one of the best running backs in the league, and now it's just like, is he worth it? Probably not. I would say probably not on LaShawn McCoy. Um, Devin Singletary might get some carries. He's a r- rookie out of Florida Atlantic. It might be a little shady to draft LaShawn McCoy. Oh, gosh. Rolling my eyes at that one. That's a very bad pun, but I'll, I'll allow it. Um, there's a lot of boomer bust picks. There's a lot of potential sleepers that you could look for. All I would say is trust your gut, but at the same time, don't reach too much. Yeah, trust your gut. I mean, there's always going to be guys that come out of nowhere who are dropping 30 points a game in the first in the first two weeks, like Philip Lindsay, no one could have saw Philip Lindsay that was, coming out. That was out my like guy that. last year. I picked Philip Lindsay up off the waiver wire. Nobody was expecting that. They expected Royce Freeman, who they actually drafted yeah. to be productive, and 
he wasn't nearly as productive as Philip Lindsay. So now they'll be sharing the backfield. I think Philip will have another great year. And I do think that Royce Freeman will not really produce as much because he got overshadowed by his his draft mate. And honestly, it was just because of injury and opportunity that Philip Lindsay got his chance, which is really what you need to pay attention for. There's a lot of guys that will go undrafted in your fantasy drafts or undrafted in the NFL to begin with. Yeah. But they have, just based off injury, suspensions, they have opportunities that they weren't really expecting. And those are the guys that you really need to pay attention for. Like Patrick Mahomes was... He was a second-year quarterback last year, basically his rookie season because he didn't play at all his actual rookie season. So if we're talking NBA, he probably should have been rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, yeah, the Ben Simmons effect. The Ben Simmons effect, exactly. So Patrick Patrick Mahomes was a player who not a lot of people were aware of just because he was from Texas Tech in college, and Texas Tech obviously is not a college football powerhouse, but... He had the ability to sling the ball, and once he got the chance, he just took off and ran with it. I was aware of him from that Oklahoma-Texas Tech game where he threw for about 800 yards against us. Yeah, that was something that really helped Patrick Mahomes get... It put him on the map. Get, get him on the radar, yeah. So, what we've learned today, just to give you a recap, do your research. Don't be the annoying trader. Make sure you look at the injuries. That's another thing to yeah. pay attention to. Pay attention to players' injuries and what the team has them marked going into the games. Last season, for the London game, I had Melvin Gordon, which this was not really my fault. I don't want. I'm not going to take blame for him. I'm going to blame the Chargers. They didn't. They said he was a game time decision, and the game was in London, so London's two hours ahead of our time or three hours ahead of our time. So when I woke up at eight o'clock and the game was over, I had learned that Melvin Gordon hadn't played yet or wasn't going to play and didn't play. So I had a nice zero. Oh, that's another thing. Make sure you always set your lineups. Like, even if you're in last place in the league, it's just really annoying for not only the commissioner to have to go in and set your lineup for you, but just for the other players. Like, it's not as fun when people aren't trying. No. But, I mean, if you're playing the guy without the lineup, I mean, it's kind of a hollow victory. You know, you won, but you don't feel good about it. You feel it kind of like you kicked a puppy. I, I don't think anybody feels good about kicking a puppy. I said you don't feel good about it. That that's an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like feeling like kicking a puppy. Okay, we'll go with that. Well, kissing your sister is that better? Um, no, I don't. Okay, I, we'll, we'll just move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, just pay attention, trust your gut, don't reach too much. If if you think it's like a sleeper pick, like nobody goes in taking sleeper picks in the first or second round. If you're doing that, that's probably a reach. They're sleeping for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Don't like, wake them up too early. Sleeper picks are usually people that go late in the draft or middle in the draft. Seventh um, round. Just make sure that you draft people correctly. Don't get a bunch of people the same bye week. And honestly, just pay attention to the league. Read the little updates that they give you. I know on Yahoo they give you updates on each player. So if he's getting reps in practice, if he's not, if he's not going to play, if he's sick, if he's injured if he's injured but playing through an injury. You just really got to pay attention to these types of things. And honestly, if you don't want to be committed to a full season of fantasy football, I would recommend DraftKings. This yeah. is, or DraftKings or like FanDuel, whatever. I don't really, it doesn't really matter. Um, I personally have done DraftKings and I never won big. I'm not a millionaire yet, but DraftKings is something that is basically the same exact thing as fantasy football, except it's one day. So you, if you have a bad team, you don't have to stick with them. Yeah. Another another don't is don't reach for a defense or a kicker. Fill out your 
it, just because you've filled out your position players and your skill players, don't be afraid to draft a bench before getting a defense or a See, kicker. I kind of disagree with that, the defense part. I'm not going to be drafting a kicker in the fourth round. Okay, obviously not. But a defense, sometimes if I have a few players on my radar and we're getting to the point where I have, I'm like up in like 10 picks after the pick I'm about to make, I might pick a defense, like the top-rated defense, just to throw everybody off. There's picks. It's defenses and quarterbacks and tight ends. Besides the tight ends like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Zach Ertz who are going to go in your first round, all the tight ends after that and all the defenses and quarterbacks, once some people see them get picked, they rush and just panic and pick that position. So if you want to have a little strategy to your draft and you see someone you want and you don't think you'll have the ability to get them, take the top-rated defense. That's a bold statement to make because a lot of people disagree with that. But if you take the top-rated defense, other people might follow in your steps and take defenses when they shouldn't. And that could really end up helping you at the end just because excuse me, the guy you want will be there. So that's something to look out for. Hopefully your fantasy football seasons go well. You could comment on our Instagram, which is the underscore win underscore column. Or you could find us on Twitter at column underscore win. Yeah, Cam didn't get to pick the Twitter. It picked it for me. I would have picked a better one, I promise. So on there we'll have like posts about not only the stuff we talk about on here. If you don't have a chance to listen to the whole thing, we'll post a list of our rankings. Um, we'll even post our teams and you guys can comment how you feel. We'll post the link to, to the podcast too. Exactly. And you can find these podcasts on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to the win column. I'm Kevin Borba. He's Caden Jarvis. Uh, Have a great day. See you guys next week, next Friday to be exact.